This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. What will you choose? No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. So the only thing left to say is, you in. Order now on the McDonald's app and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants 18 plus. Rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. Hello and welcome to the Real EFL League One podcast, the podcast where we take a look at all the wonderful action that England's third tier has to offer each weekend. And what a weekend it was, certainly one of the most entertaining game weeks since the season started back in August with an obscene number of goals, some thrilling and closely contested games, excellent comebacks and some matches that were, well, not so close. Nevertheless, there was lots for us to get through in this one, so let's not waste any time. I'm your host, Adam Scully, and I hope you all enjoyed the following episode. If you do, please leave us a five-star rating on the podcast platform of your choice. We really want to grow to become the number one podcast for League One and League Two. So it would be much appreciated if you could drop us a nice little five-star score to help us grow. Now, without further ado, let's get into the action. And of course, I won't be on my own to delve through all the weekend's events. I'm joined today by a man who will be absolutely delighted with the results this weekend. Keelan Saracen, how are things? I'm absolutely buzzing, Adam. It's <laughs> out of my mouth. I'm 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 buzzing. And I'm also joined today by a man who won't be so happy with the results this weekend. It's Johnny Hunt. Johnny, how are you? Yeah, it's just good to be back on. It's been a tough few weeks to be personally, so it's great yeah. to be back on regardless of the football. Um yeah, it's good, good. But, uh, yeah. Football not so good. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll get on to that in a moment, but yeah. I just first want to say that this game week had 34 goals in total, which is 2.8 goals per game on average, which is unbelievable. What a thrilling game week it was. I tried to minimise my notes when I was taking notes to kind of keep it as, as, you know, as relevant as possible. But there was so much, so much notes I took for each, each game. And Keenan, I'll throw it to you and we'll go to the, we'll go to your favourite first. (laughs) Peterborough United 5. Cambridge United nil in the local derby. This is unbelievable. I mean, I know Cambridge United have been on a tricky run of form as of recently, but to five, I didn't expect 5-0 because Peterborough United also lost in midweek. And I thought, okay, maybe, you know, it could be a tricky game for both sides. I still fancied Posh to be the favourites going into the game, but 5-0, I definitely didn't have 5-0 down. Talk me through, your, through, through the events of the game. Yeah, no, uh, watching the, you know, the first... 30 minutes of the match you wouldn't have, you wouldn't have thought it would end up in that em- emphatic 5-0 scoreline because Cambridge was sitting back and we were finding it quite hard to break them down but once we got 
the one goal we then you know win six minutes there's there's three in the back of the net and I think from a Cambridge perspective there you know they they sat back too much in that in that first half and it had a, it backfired and I think when we got the confidence to get one and then it's a really great great run by um, Ricky J Jones that was leading the line again and then fires it across goal and Ephraim Mason Clark pokes it in and then Poku gets a, a slightly fortuitous deflection and it's 3-0. And I think the posh players and the posh fans, especially after 2-0, it just felt like it was going to be our day. And in the second half, you get the goal, the fourth goal, I think, really early on in that second half. Archie Collins runs the entire length of the pitch. It's, I mean, it's dreadful defending from Cambridge because there's they're all at sea and then... Yeah, Pocky taps it in and it's it's four nil, and then you know you get a, a late one as well from from a Liam Bennett own goal. And I mean Liam Bennett in that in that second half, he was a really really good player when Posh unfortunately lost two nil last season at the Abbey in the in the Cambridgeshire derby. But Ephraim Mason Clark absolutely bullied him in that second half, ran, running absolutely ragged. I think there was one point where Liam Bennett tries to to push Ephraim Mason Clark to go, oh, I'm still here. And then Ephraim Mason Clark literally pushes him to the ground. And it was just a, it was just such a confident display. And I think Mark Bonner summed it up afterwards. You know, Mark Bonner might obviously was aggrieved and you think you'd defend his players, but he held his hands up and just said, well, it shows the golfing class between the two Cambridgeshire teams. And, and Darren Ferguson, I think, described it as near perfect. And after the setback at, uh, at, at Wigan, it wasn't a terrible game. Wigan played well. And I think Wigan deserve great credit for winning that game because they gave us a really good contest and, and nullified us. And Cambridge on the, on the opposite end of the spectrum were, yeah, they were, they were all at sea. I mean, Morrison and, and Ryan Bennett will still be having, having nightmares about the posh attackers today because it was, it was rampant and it was in a, in a, in a Cambridgeshire derby as well. Last season's ones were a one nil posh win and a, and a two nil Cambridge win. They're quite, you know, Derbies in general are quite cagey, you know, fiercely contested matches. And, you know, it looked like, you know, men versus, you know, schoolboys out there. Uh, you know, a, a top League One team against a really, I mean, a really bad League One team, to be honest. It was it was great. It looked like men versus hamsters. It didn't look like men versus boys. It was <laughs> unbelievable. I just want to say as well that the, uh, the last two Wigan Athletic during the week was the first game uh, Posh lost in nine or it ended, sorry, in a nine-game unbeaten run in all competitions, but now only one defeat in 10 games, and they've consolidated their position in fourth. Are you looking good to go up uh, this season, Keelan? I, I won't I won't bring up the game. But oh, God. I won't bring it up. I, I usually tend to, but I won't bring it up this time. But <laughs> are you looking good to go up this time around? Because there are there is some tough competition, Bolton Wanderers and Thor, Oxford United, of course, in second, although... I don't want to, I, you know, I, I, I could be wrong. We're in November only now, but if one team was to drop out of the top three, I would predict Oxford United, especially since they are now manningless. Yeah, no, I think, yeah, if we, on our day, we can play like we did against Cambridge. We did it, we did it at Blackpool recently as well, but we can have off days. Our squad is, is very young and I think if there's some injuries, our squad can be slightly threadbare. There's not, you know, significant amounts of depth in the squad. Peter Chioso came off with an injury against Cambridge and we've we had to put Jadel Katongo that we've mm. got on from Manchester City at right back. That's not really his preferred position. So I think it, it all depends on luck as well. And I think 
if there's a lot of a lot of injuries, we do have quality in in, in reserve, and you know it'd be interesting. I think for for our sake, we probably should aim for those automatic promotion spots, not to have another you know nightmare in the playoffs, so to speak. And but I think you know t- teams like Oxford, you know, showed we're going to talk about Oxford in a bit. They won three two despite losing. You know, their man at the helm and Liam Manning, Bolton are really, you know, strong as well. And so are Portsmouth. So it's going to be a, a real tight and competitive, you know, promotion scrap. But I think, yeah, if you look at it now, I think we should be good for a for a playoff spot. But I think, you know, with how we how we played against Cambridge yesterday, you know, that automatic promotion spots could be in sight. Mm. And I'll we'll end that game there, we'll move on from that game. But I just want to say one quick stat before we do. It was the fourth time this is according to the BBC. It was the first time since 1972 that Peterborough United, Peterborough United scored five goals against Cambridge United, which is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. Over to you, though, Johnny. Shrewsbury 2. Shrewsbury Town 2. Or 3. Sorry, Shrewsbury Town 3. <laughs> I, Reading wish, two. I wish. You wish. <laughs> Shrewsbury Town 3. Reading 2. Uh, I just want to say as well, this is the first time I've done this podcast that Shrewsbury Town have won a game of football. Usually... When Matt's on, they win and they lose when I'm on. But this is the first time they did win. And it, unfortunately, Johnny, for you, it was at your expense. How did the game go on your behalf? Yeah, so 1972, I was born. Just brought that up. <laughs> just brought up, we've lost. This is great. Thanks. Thanks for having me back on. Jeez, <laughs> uh, like, it, it, you know, that's a year without uh, an away win in the mm. league. Cole was the last one. Andy Carroll scored uh, the 90th minute. Yesterday was... I was actually at my, my, my daughter's 12th birthday party trying not to swear and get thrown out of my own <laughs> kids' party um, watching it. Like, 2 0 up. And, you know, we, we started so well. You know, um, Sam Smith's back. He makes a difference for us because he's a good goal scorer at this level. And Ballard, uh, Lav, from Southampton, you know, we're 2 0 up. But, you know, from watching football, <laughs> Harvey Nibs. What, what was he doing? I, I don't oh, honestly. Like, me. But that's when you know you, you, when when guys you know mm. the, the off the pitch stuff, as you all know, is horrendous. Um, it's never ending. It hasn't been. We had the you know the, the protest a few weeks ago, um, and we lost three two that day after being two yeah. up. Sounds like a pattern. Um, you know, you feel sorry for the guys on the pitch to a point where there's so much stress and so much stuff going on that we don't know everything about, but. That was just like, just get rid, launch it into the stand. Basic football defence stuff. You know, it, it didn't. And then we're 2-1 ahead. And you, as a fan, you're kind of going, please just hang on, just hang on. Um, you know, but we, we, the problem is when you're playing on the attack as we were, the mindset then changes. Like we were, we were playing positive football. We could have actually scored three or four. Aziz has a great chance, flaps around with it, doesn't take it. We hang on second half. Sellers then makes changes. Then we go to a back kind of five, brings Harley Dean on, takes Gerald Dorset off, switches things around when you're kind of going, why change? Mm. We can't defend at the minute. We are so bad at defending, as in, you know, the, the, the mindset has been like this for a long time. You know, the pressure, you invite pressure onto yourselves by sitting back, sitting back, sitting back. We've got a creative players that can score goals. You know, that's that's not the issue. But when your team's mindset is struggling 
and very fragile. And it's not a criticism of any one player because I've never hang players out to dry, but the manager then makes those changes. And you look and, you know, the 93rd minute set pieces, we're woeful. We can't defend set pieces when we're under pressure. Scrappy goal. But then the, the third goal was even worse because the ball came back out and there was no pressure on the guy to put the ball back in. Mm. It was like the guy just moved out so slowly that he had time. You're like, where's the intensity? You know, where's the pressure? Where's the... Yeah, but it, it's 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 where we're at as a club. Like, you know, everyone, you know, in November and we're talking about relegation because that's where we're at. Like, it's 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 bad. It's horrible. It's... um upsetting and and fair play to Shrewsbury you know that's football you know yeah. a team gets back two goals in the last three or four minutes you know they've been struggling themselves they get a win they're happy we're sad um you know but it it you know Sam Hatchison came out after the game and said like everyone in the change room we can't have another hangover like this well it feels like we've had like a hangover every week mm. for a long time because it the, we don't have leadership we don't have you know, we have Sam Hutchinson, who David Button, you know, two players that have been around a lot. The young lads, even Harvey Nibs has played, you know, regular football. Some of the other lads, you know, the young academy lads like Charlie Savage and players suspended, hasn't played a lot of first team football. So I'm not gonna not gonna have a go at them. But Sellers' game management is just it happened with Rovers the other day, you know, it's a chance to bring, you know, attacking players on. He didn't until late. His his mindset's probably scrambled. The do you think that? Do you think that's because he? Well, yeah. Well, that, that that does. We have to take that into consideration as well, because when people say, you know, he's had a lot of off-field issues mm. to deal with, but you can't really say it, but because it definitely would affect how your performance in a job. But what I will say is, do you think it was somewhat a mistake to put a relatively inexperienced manager, not coach, but manager in charge, because he had managed Southampton for a couple of months, took them down. And then he was put in charge of Reading, who have a very young side anyway. And they're going through all the off-field issues. That's a lot for him to deal with. So so in his managerial infancy, do you think that was, do you think that was a, a mistake by the club? Oh, look, they, you know, there was talk back in the summer of Chris Wilder and it was nearly a done deal. But then I think obviously all the off-field mm. sort of financial stuff which didn't came side. We thought it was a reset. It wasn't. Um, the owner, you know, as you've seen, we've had points deductions. We've not paid the tax man. Finally, he's paid the tax man this month for this lot and the wages. That must be horrendous for anyone that's whether a player or backroom staff that you're not knowing if you're going to get paid. You've got mortgages to pay. You've got bills to pay, like all of us, whatever job we do for a living. Um, sellers brave to take it on as a challenge, but, you know, League One football, Championship football is not the same as Premier League football or any other kind of football. Um, and also, you know, when you've got all the the transfer embargo issues and, and things like that, where, you, you know, you, you're really relying on a lot of young players in the club to do a job. And they've, they've done well. They've done very well in the circumstances to a point. Um, but we haven't got you know the, the senior players that would, would pull things together when you need it, and it's that's that's where our club's at. Um, you know, for me personally, I just want my club to exist. Um, you know, hopefully there'll be some resolution to this only kick issue soon. I think the pressure's on Guy Young to get the hell out of our club and stop ruining it, as he's you know we've seen it with other clubs. Um, he's been pushed into a corner now. Um, 
there's other people that are interested in taking over the club. Um, no, it's it's what it is. It's what it is. Football on the pitch is football. Win, lose, draw. But at the minute, you know, for, for a club to go a year without winning away in the league is 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 pretty horrendous. And you know, football's about mindsets and about things. And you know, you, you watch a game like that yesterday, and you're going, you know. We, we we create our own problems by making mistakes because the mindset of players is obviously very stressed at times. You know, yeah. when you're doing well, you don't think about negatives and you keep playing well, playing well. But once something goes wrong, you start questioning, then you overthink, then you overthink. And then yeah. where's the person that's going to stand up and lead? You know, but that's what, you know. The performance, it, it did stink of inexperience and just touching on what you said about the off-the-field issues we had. Nancy Frosten on last week where she gave an update about the Reading situation. So if anyone's listening, if you're a Reading fan or just a, an EFL, you know, an EFL enjoyer in, overall, go back and listen to that. After this one, of course, though, Nancy was brilliant on the podcast. Uh, che Dunkley and Jason Sarraha scored in the 92nd and 96th, or the second and sixth minute of stoppage time to give Shrewsbury Town a massive win to end what was a, a three-game losing streak in League One, of course, over Reading. And unfortunately for the Royals, the misery piles on. They are now 10 points adrift of safety, and it's not looking good. But over to a team who got a massive, massive win this weekend. It's Derby County 3, Barnsley nil. Huge, huge win for Derby County. They are now level on points with Barnsley with the win up at Pride Park. I believe this was, I mean, before this game they had something like 11 points from 24 at Pride Park this season, which is really not ideal. And now, of course, there's a huge points up to 14 points at Pride Park. James Collins with a brace. He scored a penalty early in the game in the first half. And then Craig Forsyth, a couple of minutes after the interval, made 2-0. And then James Collins again with his second of the game in the 63rd minute to wrap up the three points. That's two wins on the spin for Derby County in League One after a 4-0 win over Southampton two weeks ago, which was at Pride Park as well, actually. But they do have to face Crew Alexander again in the replay because they that was... Um, I mean, fans were very um, what's the word, displeased with the side and Paul Warren in particular after that game. And now they have to play a replay, which is really just not ideal at this, this stage of the season, especially coming up to the run into Christmas, you know, and, and, and this win against Barnsley at least eases some pressure off Paul Warren's back because it was getting dangerous at one point. I mean, Derby County were sitting in mid table a couple of weeks ago for Barnsley though. This is, uh, they lost, uh, their last league game, sorry, was two, two against Fleetwood town they drew three all to Horsham at home at Oakwell in the FA Cup and they face Horsham again away in a replay. They now drop down to six after Stevenage's win. We'll get onto that now in a second, though. But I just want to read out some stats because Derby County were full value for the win in this game. They had 46% of the ball only, Derby County, so Barnsley had more possession. But Derby County's expected goals was 3.01 to Barnsley's 0.55. Now, James Collins had a penalty. Penalties are usually, are usually worth 0.77 xG to 0.79 xG, depending on which you know which site you use for the stat. It varies between that. That means though, Derby County from non-penalty, just open play xG, had over two xG, and they won three 0 It was a d- deserved win. Barnsley didn't create nearly enough decent chances. They had one shot on target throughout the game. Derby County had fourteen shots, six on target, despite having less possession. Keelan, over to you for what was an unbelievable 
game again at the weekend. It's Portsmouth 2, Charlton Athletic 2. It looked like Portsmouth were going to pick up all three points until Conor McRandall's in the last or in the dying minutes of the game and stoppage time, the third minute of stoppage time equalises for Charlton Athletic. And I believe now that's eight games unbeaten at Fratton Park in all competitions. Can anyone tell me who or when the last time Charlton Athletic lost the game at Fratton Park was? When was the last time? Oh, God. Anyone? Anyone? Come blank. Well, no, geez, probably, probably back to the 80s. No, not that far back, but it was uh, <laughs> when both sides were in the Premier League. It was April oh, 2005. Both sides were wow. in the Premier League. It's, it's absolutely crazy. They've gone to, I mean, I think the supports would probably have been underperformed the last couple of seasons. This is the fourth season you really see how good they can be. But again, Charlton Athletic are just a bane. <laughs> They're just the, the, the thorn in their side constantly. And again, another, another, um, Result for the Addicts at Fratton Park. Keelan, talking through this one, this is the thrilling game. Yeah, no, watching watching the highlights before we press record on the podcast, it was a really, really entertaining watch just on the, the two or three minute highlight package that they put together. And I think from a Portsmouth perspective, they'd be ruining the fact that they probably didn't win the game because they had countless opportunities and... I think from from a Portsmouth perspective, they're going to be questioning. I know they're top of the league and unbeaten, but they're going to be questioning their their number one goalkeeper at the moment, Will Norris, who made a bit of a howler in the yeah. defeat in the FA Cup. And I think for both goals in this one that Charlton scored, he's probably to blame for definitely to blame for the McGrandles header. Mm. But the the, the Charlton equaliser. No, and the Charlton, yeah, the the first Charlton goal. Alfie May's goal, yeah, it's a near post yeah. shot, yeah. Yeah, you, you don't re- as a goalkeeper, you shouldn't really be beaten. Yeah, from that position, but I think from a from a Portsmouth perspective, the opening goal was a, was a beautifully hit strike by Abu Kamara, who I don't like saying this stat, but his first goal in League One since he scored against Posh at the start of September, and then he has an opportunity to make it two 0 in the second half, and he's denied from similar range by the Charlton keeper. I think Pompey were just really quite wasteful because they get a penalty, which is a penalty Maynard Brewer brings down. What is he doing, by the way? Because I wrote down in my notes, yeah. terrible day for goalkeepers. I mean, Will Norris <laughs> for the the, yeah. the goal and stop a time. But what is, why is he Why is he coming out that far? Where is he going? He's nowhere near it. I couldn't believe when I watched him rush out. I thought, where are you going? But yeah, it was, it was, it was yeah, a Stonewall penalty and, and Colby Bishop reliably puts it away. And then, Right after that, you could make it three one and and you know stop the nerves from happening and Charlton getting an equaliser and I think it's a a really good last ditch bit of defending from the Charlton man puts him off and he puts it wide and then Conor McGrandles heads it in Norris spills it for his hands and yeah I think if you're John Messina you're you're disappointed that you didn't win I think obviously Pompey's unbeaten run is good but it's ten wins and and six draws now and. Yeah. It's not really that big of a gap now between them and, and Bolton in third. Oxford are only a point off as well. So I think it was a, it wouldn't, I, I think, you know, Charlton have, have started well under Michael Appleton. It was a, a closely fought contest. But I think when you look at it, the, the addicts will be a lot happier with that mm. point than the home team. Oh, certainly. And actually, I just want to say as well, we've a new League One top goal scorer this week. Alfie May bagged his 12th. In, of the season in League One, he over. I think he was level on on with 
Devante Cole from Barnes, but Devante Cole didn't score this weekend. Alfie May is now the top goal scorer. But Col- Colby Bishop is uh, scored his tenth goal, so I believe he's joined third in the league. So it was a you know a decent day for for both men. Although as you said, Charlton Athletic will certainly be happier with the point after Conor McGranell's late goal from a Will Norris Howler. But Johnny, over to you to a side who have capitalised on Portsmouth's drop points and certainly will probably be happier than Charlton where that that that. That uh, they score in the late on in the game, Oxford United three, Leighton Orient two at Brisbane Road. It's now a point. They're now a point off the top. But before we talk about the game, Johnny, I have to ask about Liam Manning because we haven't actually been on the podcast since Liam Manning mm. was announced as Bristol City Bristol City manager. Excuse me, Bristol City sounds good to me, John. <laughs> 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 it was the perfect time for my, my, my voice to just completely go there. Um, yeah, so Johnny, Liam Manning's gone to Bristol City. Is that a good appointment for Bristol City? It's one of those, I, I, I don't know, I, it, like is it a bigger club, is it a you know, different setting? Yeah, but you, you know, if you're in Oxford's shoes, they're on the up and mm. doing well. You go to City, they're okay. Differently, different, you know. Top 10 yeah. budget, according to John Lansdowne, the, the, the chief executive, he said Bristol City had a top 10 budget in the championship, which I thought was a bizarre statement to make for yeah. a for a, a chief executive of a football club when you don't really have access to every other club's finance. Yeah, yeah, like, like, and money, money, believe me, I think we know already, money doesn't mean anything yeah. when, you, when you spend it. it. It's about, you know, it's about having the, the right fit of an, uh, an owner, Top down CEO, whatever you want to call it, manager players and the structure. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Pearson, I think, did an okay job at Bristol City. Like, but what again, you know, what are they expecting City to do? Um, he was doing a great job at Oxford. Be careful and, what you and wish Bristol for. City. Many... Well, yeah, Bristol City would have had to pay, I think it was a six figure release clause as yeah, well to get yeah. in. That's a lot. To pay yeah. for a manager in the second division, yeah. especially when you're getting him from a side like Oxford United, and he had, I believe it was eighteen months or two years left on his deal with Oxford yeah. United. It's, a, it's an interesting one, isn't yeah. it? It's like you're going, going. Well, how long was he going to get? Because like you watch, you know, a certain guy that uh, went to Birmingham in the Championship, yeah. and John Eustace did a great job. Rooney's gone in there, and they've what? They've won a game under him. They've won. They've they've one point from fifteen Birmingham City. Yeah. But I will just say though that Nigel Pearson got what two and a half years in charge at Ashton mm. Gates, and John Lanson said he said he was underperforming. So two and a half years if you're underperforming in your job isn't too bad, I suppose. As a project, ah, it's 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 like isn't it? I wonder what sort of rules they have on the wall there. Yeah, two years underperform, one year, six months, three months. It's it's crazy. Football's absolutely bonkers. Um, but to be honest, like you know, going on to the game, yes. To me personally, you know, that was a hell of a result for Oxford. I know, you know, like Craig Short is, he knows the club. Mm. He knows the players. He knows how they play. Do you keep on doing what you do and you're on a positive spin because you're playing well and you've got a group of players that play together? Just talking about the Birmingham situation there. You bring somebody else in with, a different idea, a different mindset that doesn't fit that team. Um, as much as it pains me as a running fan, as you know, for Oxford to do well. Um, to me, you know, that that game yesterday, like, yeah, they were 3-0 up, cruising the game. 
Orient have picked up recently. Um, mm. You know, got back to 3-2. Could have actually got a draw. Um, hit the post. Yeah, the right at the end, yeah. But when you're, when you're, your luck's in and you're playing well, you, you you ride your own luck as a team, and they they stuck in. They they, you know they they did what they had to do to get the result, and they got that. And to me, like I'm you know as a watching from you know afar, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. Hmm. When you've got that setup that Oxford have got, it's working so well, and they're getting the results, and it's 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 like a momentum. If yeah, if you're struggling, as lots of teams are, like us, you know, Cheltenham and other teams, and you're trying to, you're, you're almost throwing something at, hoping it will work. Oxford's way of doing things is working so well. Under that situation yesterday, they got the win. That's all that matters for them. Is they got the win. Uh, had a tough week. Lost the manager. He's gone. Cray Short knows how it works. We do mm. the same. Do the same again. Whether it's the you know the rest of the season. Yeah, you know, there's, you know, it will be like, interesting. I wanted to see if if they stick with Craig Short. I can't I, like, respectfully. I can't imagine they will. I feel like I know John Eustace is being linked to the job at the moment. Although, again, that'll be you know going from what sixth in the in the championship when he left Birmingham City to go down to League yeah. One. I feel like someone in the championship surely would give him. You know, give, it's a weird one, isn't it? But like, yeah. I have to say, on the game point of view, though, like you know, Ruben Ruben Rodriguez, you know, unbelievable. Um, yeah. yeah, two goals. Hit the post for the third. Um, the, the the howler for the first goal by the uh, Sol uh, Brian, I think it was the the, the keeper. But it's still a hell of a yeah. finish. Do that like it's you know as he did, um, and and that's positive mindset that the way they're playing at the minute. You know their confidence is up. You know you get every excuse to lose yesterday when you've lost your manager that you've, you've been building the team. As we talked about on this podcast before, you know the effect of. Um, Ainsworth going and the change for Manning, um, you know, different different teams mm. doing different things. And like, it's like Wickham, Oxford, how is that going to work now? It's going to be a really interesting, like obviously you've got the, the international break. Who they're going to, you know, is it the same old names we've talked about before that comes into these, these, these oh, it's yeah. Carl Robinson's, the, 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 is it going to be someone completely left field? It'd be interesting, but I don't think they need to. That's just my opinion. I think if it's working the way it is, then then stick with it for the for the short term. How long is an interim manager? It could be one month, two months, three months, four months. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I didn't expect to be fair. You know, going into the international break in mid-November, Oxford United to be sitting sitting one point behind yeah. Force, which is unbelievable. But we will move on to Bolton Wanderers and their game against Blackpool at the Tough Sheet Community Stadium, but. Oh, I actually just want to say, I think we've, I, I didn't do this intentionally, but we've basically just gone chronological order, Portsmouth, Oxford United, Bolton. Uh, I didn't do that intentionally, but anyway, we're on to <laughs> Bolton Wanderers who, now who are, have consolid, consolidated themselves in third. Although, again, like Oxford United, they are just one point off the top. And after a bit of an inconsistent start, I want to say, to the season, they've really bounced back and they've, they, they are on a phenomenal run of form. There's nobody in. League One, who have gotten 15 points from the last 15, and Bolton Wanderers have. They've been absolutely unbelievable. But the winning goal as well against Blackpool, who have been inconsistent themselves, but they're still a tricky side to play anyway. And the goal from George Thomason was unbelievable. What a strike to win a game. Genuinely an unbelievable strike. 
I, I, I was really impressed by some of the play in the game. I thought first half there was probably more opportunities than the second. I think the second half you saw more half chances. The first half there were some clear cut opportunities, and, and and actually either team could have really scored. But I thought Bolton always had the better chances, and actually statistically that was the case. Statistically, Bolton had fifty one percent of the ball. They had fifteen shots and five on target. So once one every three shots they took was on target. The XG was zero point seven nine to Bolton Wanderers two point five five for Blackpool. But it's just one win in five in League One for Blackpool. Now they face Morecambe next on Tuesday in the EFL Trophy, and they face uh, Shrewsbury Town actually, Johnny, at home on Saturday. I'm sure we'll be watching that as well. No joke. Um. <laughs> Yeah, Bolton face Stockport County away on Tuesday in the EFL Trophy. This was actually the first win, Bolton Wanderers' first win over Blackpool in League One since 2014. And it was actually a very uh, happy return, I suppose. I don't want to say return because he was at home, but Ian Ever, of course, played for Blackpool for what, seven years, I think it was. Took them up to the Premier League playing at the at the back, an unbelievable player. Took them up to the Premier League under Ian Holloway and it was a nice um a nice return or facing his old side to pick up one 0 win on Bolton's first against Blackpool since twenty fourteen. But Keelan, over to you for what was arguably one of the most impressive victories of the weekend. Now I understand you're going to think I'm crazy for saying that because Exeter City are on a just an abysmal run of form recently. But considering where Fleetwood Town were when he took over, they've had some great results recently. That's four unbeaten, two wins, two draws. They're up to 24th in the league. They are just one point behind Exeter City, who are of course just above them. So they're 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 one off safety, and they've a they've a better goal difference as well than Exeter City, who are just bleeding goals at the moment talk me through this one what a performance by Fleetwood Town yeah no, I, I remember when we we did the podcast when um was when Johnson was um first appointed as as Fleetwood managers and a lot of eyebrows were raised over his managerial mm. credentials and, and me included but you look at his um league one record now I think it's four wins four wins three draws and three defeats in in the third tier for him and it was really, really in in that first half. Watching the highlights back, I generally think they could have been about five or six nil up at half time. And I know Exeter are in free fall and in, and in, and in abysmal form, as you said. They've not. I don't think they've they've not won since the sixteenth of September mm. in the division. And I mean, you could tell by some of the defending was atrocious. Like for the for the Ryan Broom opener, the amount of space they give the man to run through and then. Ryan Broom has a simple tap in from yeah. the corner. They completely leave, and I don't even think he got a clean connection on that shot either. It was no. a bit of a scuffed kind of finish. It was a good. Bit of a, I mean, he still finished it, but it was a bit of a scuffed finish. But he had all the time in the world to take it. Yeah, and then yeah, and then, it, and then it's three 0 I think three 0 from a mm. a wonderful free kick from um, Phoenix Patterson, and then if Jack Marriott misses one from a good save, there's a couple more. <laughs> Really decent saves from the keeper, but you know, I just got to feel sorry for those Exeter fans because that's a hell of a journey all the way up to to Lancashire from from Devon, and the pressure is, you know, Gary Caldwell was doing a, a good job at the start of the season, but it's just in in free fall, and I think it's you know it's insanity to keep doing the same thing over and over again and not really changing things up, mm. and I think Exeter just they they don't seem to have 
a bit of bite in them. I think they're a bit too too cute at times, and teams can really pick them apart when they're on form. And Fleetwood did that yesterday to their credit. And yeah, if you're if you're a Grecians fan, and I, I think they they were loving Gary Caldwell at the start of the season, but is he under pressure? Oh, he's on. I think he's yeah. He's got to be under pressure. I, I know it sounds, you know, Exeter as a football club, maybe that where they are, where they are now is where you would expect them to be because they are, you know, a, a League Two club historically mm. going up to, and then maybe flirting with League One football. But I do think he's under pressure. And I think at the time there was a slight intrigue about him being appointed because he did re- relatively well at Wigan, didn't do well at Chesterfield. And then I think he managed in in Scotland for a little bit and it was a surprising appointment but it's it's just it's an interesting one because they seem when I watched them play against Middlesbrough in in the cup they gave Middlesbrough a really good game and, and lost 3-2 they've beaten Luton in in the cup competitions as well I just they're, they're, they're a weird side at the moment because they just seem to be in free fall and I, I think when one goal goes in the confidence completely saps out of them and yeah as you said now Fleetwood are only uh, one point off them and we're going to touch on Northampton as well. They won to, they won in in League One action as well. So it's it's worrying times because I think there's a real relegation anxiety from Exeter. And I think when we did the first few podcasts, they were I think they were fifth and or sixth at one point. So it's it's incredible. Yeah, I think they were higher than that. Yeah, they were top. I I think, yeah, I'm pretty sure they were. Yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I, yeah. I swear. yeah. Unbelievable start to yeah. the season because I remember at one point like the top two was uh, Exeter City and Port Vale. It was yeah. bizarre up until like roughly about the, the September international yeah. break. Yeah, it's just wild. But now they're just, as you said, Keelan, your own words, just in free fall. It's been an absolutely disastrous couple of weeks for Exeter City. Now, I like Gary Colwell as an actual coach. I think I've watched a lot of videos of him coaching on the training pitch. I'm not sure what he's like as a manager. Of course, I wouldn't have access to that. But on the training pitch, I've watched a lot of Gary Caldwell and he's a brilliant coach, whether he can Turning this around now is a different story. I'm sure he's been in situations like this as a player as well, where maybe he has experience. I don't know, but at the moment it's just not working because they are absolutely abysmal. But I just want to give a massive shout out to Phoenix Patterson. No player on the pitch created more chances than Phoenix Patterson. He created five chances and he got an assist and a goal. He was unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. What a player. He had a, he, I mean, I think it's fair to say he was man in a match. I, th- I thought I don't think anyone was better than Phoenix Patterson on the pitch. Just an unbelievable performance. Fleetwood Town had an XG of 1.61 in the game and Exeter City had an XG of 1.04. So Exeter City could have scored, but again, Fleetwood's, Fleetwood had 20 shots and, and to Exeter City's 11, even though the Grecians did have more of the ball with 56%. Just another poor, poor day at the office for Caldwell's men. This podcast is sponsored by the wonderful people over at NordVPN. The 2023-24 campaign is set to draw to a close, but the football never truly stops. With the Olympics, Euro 2024 and the new season set to commence in no time, make sure you don't miss any of the action wherever you may be in the world by downloading NordVPN. For just the price of one cup of coffee per month, NordVPN allows you to watch your favourite teams, players, shows and movies anywhere in the world, even if they aren't available in your region, simply by switching the location on your device to one which is showing the content. NordVPN also acts as your cyber bodyguard, protecting your personal data and other sensitive information such as credit cards and passwords from falling into the wrong hands, which is always a worry when you travel abroad. 
And with just one subscription to NordVPN, you can use this service across six different devices, which is incredibly handy if you're traveling with your family and or loved ones. To get the best discount off your NordVPN plan, go to nordvpn.com forward slash realEFL. There's no risk with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee, and you'll help support our podcast too. The link is in the podcast episode description box. So now, back to the podcast. Away days are great, especially when your striker bag's a last-minute winner, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. And do you know what? The same goes for McDonald's. Why not maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery? Are you in? Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Johnny, over to you for a side who, speaking of the relegation battle, managed to pick up some points. Cheltenham. Cheltenham Town won. Wigan Athletic won. Daryl Clark, after the game, said that this was a Daryl Clark team performance, basically, is what he expects yeah. from his sides. They, they, they've they had a poor couple of weeks. I think it's fair to say they were mauled in the FA Cup against the League Two side, Wimbledon. And they also lost 4-0 to West Ham's under-21s in the EFL Trophy as well during the week. I think after the game, the, the coach came out and he said that this, he went on a bit of a rant about you know, selling players and we're going to, we know, you know, nothing's set in stone yet, but we have a good idea who's getting shipped out in January, etc. So a bit of a, a warning, I suppose, for the players there. But then they got a decent result against Wigan, do you think? Yeah, like, I, I think, I think both teams wouldn't be happy with the result. Like Cheltenham, like Reading, you know, they're at the bottom. They need to win the home games. Wigan should have won the game. They missed the penalty. Stephen Humphreys, it was a poor penalty but Luke mm. Southwood, you know, it was easy to say, to be honest. But it was one of those games, uh, you know, soft own goal by Freestone. Um, Shelton had the chances, Wigan had the chances. If you want to get some, you know, wherever you are, look, Wigan, you know, if you want to get to playoffs, they have to win that game. Cheltenham, if they want to get out of the, the mess that we're in, yeah. you have to win that game. And they, 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 all, they both sides had the chance to do that. Curtis Davis had one at the end, I think. And it, it's just like, I think, even though, we, you know, it's still only November, you know, the gap between the bottom two, us and Cheltenham, to the next level, Wigan to the, the playoff level, it's, mm-hmm. you, you can't leave it too long. You have to, you know, um, you know Wigan, Wigan have been, a, you know, if you've done on the podcast, Wigan have been kind of hit and miss, haven't they? You kind of expect them to do, they started off well, Went on a bit of a downward turn. Yeah, another run. kind of backish. Yeah, know. yeah, and like you know, that was the game. You know, again, you know, Cheltenham again. You know, they picked yeah. up a point. Like we were still waiting for them to score a goal for however long. So it's it's like there's you know there's time. They can still get out of it. They you know they need to run the games, but you know like you know there was like we're talking about Exeter. There, you no know, Exeter's squad's very small. I think that's their their mm. one of their big issues. Cheltenham's the same. They haven't got the depth. But when you're looking at what you can do with what you have, you're very limited. Um, but it's a point, isn't it? You have to kind of look at a positive. It's like, well, it it, it could be worse. Um, again, you know, there's the international break coming up for, for both to, to look at what they can do. Um, I think yeah. both sides, as you said, will be a little disappointed with yeah. result because Wigan Athletic, they would have fancied themselves going to yeah. a, a, a Cheltenham town side who are doing 
they, they've only won defeat in the last five games, so they're doing much, much better than they did under Wade Elliott. But you know, you still they're still twenty third in the league, and you would have expected yeah. to pick up three points. But then on the other hand, on the balance of play, Cheltenham Town had eighteen shots and they yeah, scored yeah. One, at one, and it was, you know, it was from a penalty, and you kind of think, you know. They had the chances. They, yeah, they, you know, both they, sides had a lot of chances. This they is the problem chances. that haunted them at the start of the season, yeah, though, was the yeah. lack of potency up top. Yeah. And again, in this game, it's a little frustrating. And yeah, and stop they, it. Yeah. They can't do anything about it until, you know, until January, but I don't even know what they can do then because of, you know, budgets and all those kind of yeah. things. So it's it's kind of like just hoping that you, you can pick up some points and be in a, you know, position in January where you can attract certain players or whatever but it's 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 reality of club with a small budget isn't it and it would have been a huge win for them too because Exeter City did drop points and then they would have clawed some back on Wigan as well and it would have been a nice win but ultimately the, the shares were spoiled and there's nothing they can do to change it now but Wigan Athletic faced Tranmere Rovers away in the EFL trophy on Tuesday and the next game for Cheltenham Town is at home to Oxford United after the international break. But we will move on to, again, two sides that I think will be kind of dis- disappointed with the results. Lincoln City won, Port Vale won. There was, I spoke to some Lincoln City fans after the game and, of course, the founder of the Real EFL, Gary Hutchinson, who in the recording right now, my name is... Our, my face is just under, just over his name. I'm not Gary Hudgenson. Um, <laughs> just, just clarifying <laughs> that for Keelan and Johnny. Yeah, there was a feeling that that might be Tom Shaw's last game in the dugout as caretaker manager for Lincoln City. Who takes over? I have no idea because I thought at one stage there was going to be a League of Ireland manager that 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 took the job because Stephen Bradley. I'm not going to speak out badly about Stephen Bradley because I've, I've I've met him before, but he was kind of just a bit ambiguous in recent interviews where he talked about people at Shamrock Rovers kind of coming coming after him from the inside, which I thought was a bit strange. And then Damien Duff publicly was unhappy with the whole city owner, or sorry, I shouldn't say whole city owner, but the whole city's owners who who did own Shelbourne now this week, all of a sudden just don't. They wrote, he wrote off his shares after buying the club for 3 million, which I find very strange. But Damien Duff has, as of yesterday, signed a new deal with Shelbourne. So that's him out of running for the Lincoln City job. I have absolutely no idea who takes over at Lincoln City, but what I will say is they are, they've, 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 what? They've no wins in three now. Their last win was four games ago in League One. Tom Shaw took over after Mark Kennedy was sacked and it was, or left, sorry, maybe come after him if I said sacked, but he, you know, it, it just, it wasn't, he did well and now it's just kind of going downhill again. I can see a new man being appointed in the dugout. Apparently they will have a new man very, very soon. Who that is, I have absolutely no idea and everyone I've spoken to has absolutely no idea. So unfortunately for the listeners, I don't have any exclusives here for you to, or, you know, any new news to tell you, but this might, be Tom Shaw's last game but Port Vale took the lead Ben Garrity scored his fifth goal of the season in the 34th minute and then there was just a bizarre couple of minutes where they had two men sent off one off each team uh, Oliver Arblister he he got sent off first for uh, for Port Vale and then Paddy O'Connor got sent off six minutes later and I bet at the time Lincoln City were thinking 
Brilliant. Paul Fela gone down to 10 men. We're trailing. We can go and win this game. We can get a draw. Six minutes later, Paddy O'Connor's off. And then you're, 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 you know, you're, you're level again on the pitch. You're 10 v 10. Somehow, though, in the, in the last second, literally stoppage time, the third minute of stoppage time, Shadipo scored the equaliser. It was, a, it was a well-worked goal, but he was unmarked in the box and it was a very easy tap-in for him. As I said, it was, you know, no wins in three now for Lincoln City, but they'll probably be a bit happier of the two sides. Port Vale are 17th in League One. They've actually dropped down to 17th because Shrewsbury Town won at the weekend. While Lincoln City are a bit fortunate that Blackpool lost so or lost to Bolton Wanderers because they now stay where they are in the league as well. And the gap is is widening. The gap is widening a little bit. It's now four points to to, to Barnsley in sixth. And you, you kind of think to yourself, like I said, you would want to start picking up wins now, because you really don't want that gap to to widen it even more going into into the, the Christmas period after the international break. Because that's such a horrible period for anyone and for any club in England. We will move on though. Now, oh, actually, sorry, I just want to say as well, apologies, one last thing on my notes was Port Vale are now winless in nine games in League One. Their last win came in the 16th of September against Northampton Town, which was 1-0 at Valiant Park. A really, really poor run of form for Port Vale. We had Andy Crosby on the podcast two weeks ago, almost two weeks ago. Really great guy, and I, I really wish, I really hope for the best for him. I, I wish him all the best. He's a, he's a great guy, and of course, they're into the next round of, of, of the, the EFL Cup as well, but just a really bad run of form, considering, as we said at the start of the season, they were kind of, I think, second was the highest they got. Port Vale, Exeter top, Port Vale second, and now they're both scrapping it out in a relegation fight in mid-November. I, I expected both teams to drop off. Don't get me wrong, but I didn't expect it to be what, eight weeks later. <laughs> we see them in a relegation fight. Anyway, Keelan, over to you. Uh, it, Northampton Town 2, Borton Albion nil, and speaking of the relegation battle, huge, huge win for John Brady's cobblers. Talk me through this one. Yeah, no, I think as well it was it was a a big win for for the you know the the complexion of the league from a cobblers perspective, but also they lost at, at six fields in the FA Cup to to League Two Barrow by by three goals to one. So I think it was. A win that was that was crucial, and um, you know, if watching the highlights, it looked like a much deserved win. I think in that in that first half, it was it was a half of of not much action, a couple of half chances for either team. But I think in that second half, um, John Brady's cobblers imposed themselves on the contest a bit more. And when a game's you know at, at a deadlock at nil nil, you know the strike from Mark Ken- uh, Mark not Mark Kennedy, he's the Lincoln manager. <laughs> Former, <laughs> former Lincoln. But Mark Mark Leonard, um, the Brighton loanee gets what the a ball player. By the way, he's an unbelievable player. I loved him when he was with Brighton, and, and even last season with Northampton Town played a big part in helping him get up. And he went back there on loan, and, and I'm glad that was his first goal of the season, but as well, by the way, and what a way to get it. Yeah, and it just it almost sails into that top corner. It looked yeah. looked a great goal, and I think he had you know three shots in target in the entire game, so he probably. Could have added another strike to his to his cobbler's resume, but then it was um, reliable stalwart stalwart up top, Sam Hoskins that would eventually seal the game at two nil. I think Crocom in the Burton net made a couple of good saves beforehand, mm-hmm. and it's a really composed strike from from Hoskins who 
yeah, he's been at Northampton for for a while now, and he, he takes it down really well, and then just tucks it home. You know, getting away from a couple of Burton shirts. I think it'd be disappointing for for Dino Marmaria's side, but the Cobblers were well on top in that second half, and you know, I think this season, you know, there's quite a few struggling teams. You know, Cheltenham and and Reading, as Johnny mentioned, are, are at the bottom. There's a couple couple of teams as well in the in the relegation, you know, dogfight as well. And I think this season Northampton have shown that they have a bit of steel in games. They've picked up some decent results, maybe not as consistent as they would like to be, mm. obviously. But I think John John Brady did a really good job getting them into League One, you know, with with the squad he had at his disposal, had a lot of injuries at, at points. And he's he's doing I think he's doing well this season. And it was a it was a deserved win. And I think Northampton will have to look at the league now with Fleetwood picking up form. I think Fleetwood and Northampton need to be a bit more consistent because, you know, if Exeter continue in their, in their downward trajectory, Northampton and, and those other clubs can can sort of push away from it a little bit. But no, it was a, a really good win and a, and a win that they needed after quite a, a poor run in the league. They're up to 19th now in League One. With Sam Hoskins as well, by the way, scored his ninth goal of the season, which is unbelievable. Considering Northampton Town have scored 17 goals, he's got nine of them, which is which is wild. It's literally over half of their goals in the league have come from just one man. Really, really impressive stuff by Sam Hoskins. But huge win for Northampton Town. I really like Northampton because they're so hard to beat. They're so hard to play against. No matter who it is that that. You know they they face whether it be a six field or anywhere else. They will always have a tough time. The only exception to that really was the game against Derby County at Pride Park, where it was. I think that might have been the first time they lost by by two goals or more as well, and they won this season, which which tells you everything you need to know. You know they're 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 down in a relegation fight, but they've only lost one game by two or more goals, and that's that is pretty impressive because. They're a very, very difficult side to beat. And after the international break, they face MK Dons in the EFL Trophy, whereas Borton actually play on Tuesday against, as we just spoke about a few moments ago, Port Vale after a goalless draw in the FA Cup. It's the FA Cup replay on Tuesday. And now over to another side that are deep in a relegation battle. And not just deep in a relegation battle, Johnny. Now in the relegation zone, they're actually a place below they're now 22nd in league one it's paul simpson's carlisle united after they were beaten at brunton park by bristol rovers managerless kind of ish man kind of managerless they're doing yeah. it like, they don't I'm this week's, yeah i'm this week's relegation expert aren't i, I picked the three teams <laughs> <laughs> yeah but like oh, oh seriously like andy Mangan, andy Mangan, sorry, Mangan, yeah. Mangan sounds like some of the extras mm. um He's done a good job. Like there was it five unbeaten run now, five games. Um, like you know, any and going away up, you know, a long journey up to Carlisle to get a result like they did. Um, had a player sent off. Um, mm. hung on in there, and you know, watched the highlights of it, and yeah, they got lucky with the goal. When you need luck, you know, the deflection was just bizarre. It just looped into the top corner. You couldn't, you couldn't start the training ground. Um. And Matthew Cox, the keeper for Rovers, made some great saves as well that kept them in, you know, kept them in the game. And that's what you need, you know, when you, you want to get a result. But he seems to have that um United spirit of the team. I don't know, you know, Matt, obviously, you know, 
posts on here. You're a big Rovers fan. And I watched the Rovers game against Reading uh, in the week. Um, they battled back for a point. Um, they won today. That's There's team spirit he seems to have got within that. Again, we're talking about interim managers, caretaker managers. Mm. Does he deserve a chance at the, the bigger job? Like, you know, they're not that far off the playoffs. Again, he knows the club. He knows how it runs. You know what I said earlier. Um, it's it's one of those dick or twist kind of things, isn't it? As, as you know, an owner, um, will he give him the chance? You know, he has a big experience of doing any you know, management roles, but the, the players seem to play for him, and I and that's the thing. I think when you're looking at you know a, a team, they literally battled through that game to mm. get the result, and they got it, and they deserved it. You know, um, Carlisle, uh, yeah, they, they had their chances as well. Like, you know, it, it was four defeats in five games to them now, but they're still in touch with the teams above, unlike yeah. ourselves and Cheltenham. You know, there's a big gap there. So it's not the end of the world for them. But again, it goes back to winning your home games, doesn't it? Having that, you know, that, that fight, but... Yeah, they, they uh, conceded way too much. I've really, I've, I say this all the time in the podcast because sometimes I feel like I, when I'm criticizing a team mm. or I'm almost criticizing the coach, even if I like the person. Mm. Paul Simpson is a lovely man and he's a mm. great manager, a great coach, but they conceded so many silly goals. I mean, just I, I remember the the, I think it was. Was it the goalkeeper? Was it was it Anderson against? I can't remember who it was. Yeah, against, it's, 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 it's from, a, from a so throw like, in, we're, we're, and yeah, yeah, and then he gets, <laughs> and yeah, yeah, but then he get, and he gets sent off in another game. They're conceding these silly goals, yeah. and then and then even the own goal, Samuel Lavelle, and he, and he, it's another own goal, and it costs in the game. And I'm just thinking, it's just pressure yeah. and luck, isn't yeah. it? You just look at it, and you just go, when your luck's out, your luck's out, and you know when your luck's in, it goes the other way. But when you're struggling, you're trying to find something to to, to grasp onto. It doesn't they, happen. They just they they must be tougher to beat. Northampton Town, as I praised them for a minute yeah. ago, are very tough to beat for yeah. any side in League One. As I said, no matter who it is, whether it's at Sixfields yeah. or whether it's yeah. at Fratton Park, Carolina you have to United find a way, don't you? Yeah. you have to find yeah. a way to to get the results. However, it is whether it doesn't matter if it's pretty or it's ugly, football wise, you, yeah. you have to you have to learn to, to do that and and take your chances. But you know they had the chances yesterday and they didn't take them. So yeah. you, you know it goes back to. Missed opportunities, and I think that's the difference between you know the, the the clubs that are doing well and the ones that are struggling, like mm. you know the ones down the bottom with us. And they, they they certainly did have the chance. They had sixteen shots, in fact, yeah. the Bristol Rovers six, and yeah. had five on target, and just couldn't score one. And it's just again, as I said, you 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 have to be harder to to for teams to break down, but you yeah. also got to take your chances, especially yeah. at home, and just a really poor result again for Carlisle United, who are in a spot of bother because. Fleetwood Town are picking up points, or Hampton Town won, even Wigan Athletic and Port Vale picked up points. The only side that didn't is Exeter City, but sure, they, you know, they can still finish, they can finish above Exeter City and still finish 21st, you know, and still go yeah. down. They 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 need to start doing better. But anyway, we'll move on to the last game. And usually I try and paw, or I try to um, pawn these games off on someone else who's on the podcast. I, I think, was it two weeks ago, I threw it on UK? And it was definitely, was it Borton Albion nil as well, or Stevenage? Or it, was, it was a nil all game anyway, a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I usually try and, and pawn them off on someone else, but I'm gonna take the I'm gonna take the hit this week. It was Wickham Wanderers nil, Stevenage won at Adams Park. It was Jamie Reid actually scored in the 14th minute 
of injury time in the first half. That was his 10th goal in League One. He's joined with, I can't remember who he's joined with now. I even I said them earlier. Was it, was it, was it, is it Colby Bishop? It is Colby Bishop. That's who I said earlier. Yeah. I've, yeah. I've said so many players in this podcast now, I completely yeah. lost my train of thought. It is he's joined with Colby Bishop in third in the League One rankings for goals as 10th of the season. But the goal came about because Brandon Hanlon was actually stretched over a knee injury in the fourth half, and that's where the, the, the stoppage time came from in the fourth half. But And then in the second, Luke Lee, he gets, gets stretched off. And I think overall, while it's a disappointing result on the balance of the game and the possession stats and the shots, and you know, it was even enough. And Stephen has just scored, scored from Jamie Reid and they, they took the three points, but it could have gone either way or it could have ended in a draw. But what we'll be worrying for Matt Bloomfield is the fact that he now will be without Brandon Hanlon and Luke Leahy for what I imagine will be quite a long spell of, of, of time. Considering they're both stretchered off, it's not really a good sign. Zero wins in five now for Wickham in League One, although they did win last week against Bradford in the Bradford City in the FA Cup. Uh, that was away from home. They face Wimbledon, the EFL Trophy, next at home after the international break. They are 12th in League One, so it's not too bad, but no wins in five is not great, but kind of mid, literally smack-bang mid-table, I suppose. I don't think... I mean, they're not in a relegation fight, I wouldn't say, and they're not well, mathematically, they're still in the promotion race. I don't, I don't personally don't think their squad is good enough to get that far. But you know, I suppose it's it's it, it could be worse. But for Stevenage now, they're actually unbeaten in four games, two straight wins in League One. They beat Tranmere Rovers four three at home in the FA Cup last week, and they now face Crystal Palace's under twenty ones on Tuesday at home in the EFL Trophy. They're up to fifth, and they're six points. Off second now at the start of the season, Stevenage were winning a lot of games and they were up there in the playoffs. I think they were second or third at one point. I didn't actually expect them to stay there. I thought they'd drop off like Port Vale and Exeter did. Again, not as much as Port Vale and Exeter. I thought maybe Stevenage drop off to roughly around where Wickham are now, but they haven't. They are still up there fighting. As I said, unbeaten in four. You know they're only seven points off off Portsmouth at the top and. While it's certainly they're not home and dry, there's so much football still to play, and they're only a couple of points above Derby County as well. They're only two points, and Derby County are on a decent ish, I suppose, three wins out of four, run of form. So it's they're they're not they're not safe, but I have to I have to say I've been really impressed by Stevenage this season. I really didn't expect them to be fifth going into the final international break of the year. But anyway. Gentlemen, we will wrap up the podcast there. We got through that in a very, I think, just under an hour, which is really good timing considering I'm usually terrible for time. <laughs> Keelan, what are your plans for this week? Uh, just a lot of um, writing shifts, really. And then we didn't touch upon it, but I've got to uh, keep tabs on, on the posh in midweek. So we've got a, an FA Cup replay at Salford. So hopefully that's another another win for the posh. Amazing. Johnny, same question to you. Well, we've got Arsenal and the trophy on too, because that's a 5 0 home win for us. And also, <laughs> apparently, mate, there's a, there's a red storm warning for us over here in Ireland. There is. So... There's one right now, I believe. Yeah, you, no, you exactly. said the weather was, was great there. That in, it was, yeah, no, just for, was just like... for, for context for listeners, Johnny's in Wicklow and I'm in Dublin. But Johnny said the weather was great today. The weather has been yeah, awful yeah. here where I am in North Dublin. Podcaster, weather forecaster. <laughs> we both jobs. <laughs> Unbelievable. So, yeah, the weather. It, it, 
is awful here now, but it's meant to be even worse tomorrow. The storm, I can't the storm's Bridey or something it's called. I can't even yeah. remember. It's something, something silly. I don't really understand what they named the storms. But anyway, so I'm looking forward to that. And and uh, to everyone listening at home, make sure to drop us a five-star rating if you enjoyed the podcast. It means the world to us. And make sure to tune in on Sunday again as we dissect all the weekend results for your wonderful ears once more. Thank you all for listening. And goodbye for now. It's the 90th minute and all your mates around watching your team on iFollow. You've got your McNugget share box on the go. And do you know what? Your mates already got booked for double dipping. But then late on, you steal in, grab the last nugget and snatch all three points. Perfect. Why not order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app? Are you in? At participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. 